Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to another video from Fantasy Football Scout. Big name this time, I'm joined by the Fantasy Football Scout editor, Neil Rigg. How are you, Neil? Not too bad, Ash, thank you very much. Yeah, counting down the days now. And this time, what, in seven or eight, oh, eight days, I think we'll be doing a team news video for the start of the season. So yeah, ah, you know, it's sharp come round, isn't it? We just had a lovely uh, pre like... talking about when your cat um, went to the toilet on one of the team news streams and my dog was yeah. retching in the background yeah. before we came on. So that's kind of the, the insight you get on these on these videos. Talking a lot of crap before we talk even even more. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, yep. So this is another team news video. Just before we get into it, if you are enjoying the preseason content, uh, make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel as well. And of course, head over to fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. Uh, and become a member. You can read more from Neil if you like what he says. If you don't like what Neil says, you probably shouldn't be a Facebook Scout member because you, you 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 do quite a lot of articles, don't you, Neil? <laughs> I do. Yeah, you can't get rid of me that easily. <laughs> uh, but it's a great time to sign up. I mean, there's only yeah like a, a week and a couple of days left to start the season, so this is the time uh, to get in, check your rate my team, check the tools, start reading the articles, look at the pre-season uh, form guides that we've done. I mean, Praz and Andy did a great job yesterday on YouTube of summarising. Yeah everything but obviously you can keep on top of the remaining uh, preseason games um, over on scout so go and do that but we are here today to talk about another fpl draft you are number 10 uh, of the preseason drafts i think you've got the best thumbnail of, of all of them neil you were you definitely delighted in doing your little reaction i shot, did. did you <laughs> i think i'm a frustrated vlogger at heart <laughs> i love it yeah you should have seen the ones that I didn't send over. Oh, can we? Can you have some outtakes? That'd be amazing. I will do. Yeah, I'll put them up later on. I, I was chuddling my inner um, Andy from Let's Talk FPL uh, for this for this uh, feature. Not quite as polished as him, but uh, I, I did quite enjoy doing it. I can't believe of all the ones I've done. I mean, that's ten now. I haven't had a single complaint from anyone. I thought <laughs> like, some people would be a bit pushing back, like, "Oh, I'm not doing that," or "Do I have to?" Everyone's just gone straight into it. Done me a great thumbnail. Um, yeah, I love it. It's, uh, it's been the highlight of pre-season for me, is, is collecting um, all of these. Uh, right, before we talk about uh, your team, I just want to show uh, the people how good an FPL manager you are, Neil. So this is a bit like, this is your this is your life. I mean, you mm -hmm. are genuinely a really good FPL manager. I mean, it goes without saying, you're the editor of Fantasy Football Scout. Um, but I looked at your ranks and I didn't realise, I mean, you are so incredibly consistent um, in, in how you play. I mean, in the last, what, five, yeah. six years, your lowest finish is 31k. That's pretty damn good. 
I think consistency word. I think I'm I'm good without being great. I think he can. It's sort of a James Milner esque seven out of ten most seasons. You know, I'm not quite troubling the the upper echelons of, of Tom Freeman or, or Southerns or anyone like that. You know, I haven't got those wonky ranks to my name, but I just sort of deliver a, a six or seven out of ten <laughs> most seasons and get get the, the there or thereabouts sort of top forty k. Um, I think if you manage like I do, which is has traditionally been sort of quite safe and 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 dull on, then you're never really going to win FPL. Mm. You could probably, you can never guarantee um, fin- high finishes, but mostly I would be aiming towards a sort of top 50k, top 40k mark. And that's generally where I'm, I'm ending up recently. I think if you look back, I don't know how far back you got my season history there, but... All of them. It, it is, I have all of them, yeah. So I, I do go back a long way, even before the season history started. Um, but you can sort of see, let me just bring it up there, um, a little bit of a divide. I mean, 2016, I think, was when I started to become um, Fantasy Football Scout member and started looking at it more analytically. And it's since then that I have, I've been around about 30k or, or higher every season. Before that, I was, I think it was markedly different as a, as a manager. I was a bit more playing, certainly more sort of mini league rivalry, I think, was the driving force. And what overall rank was never really a consideration for me until maybe the sort of mid. 2010s, I would say. Mm. Um, it's a relatively new concept, really, thinking about it. Because before then, it was all about winning this one league. I've got it work. There's a guy in my one of my mini leagues who's just way better than I am, and he's he's always been the target. Uh, so you can see finishes there. I mean, some of them are, are, are decent, top 5K. Some of them are just awful, like sort of 350,000. Um, but I think it was more about um, playing with a bit more a tactical nous in terms of blocking a mini league rival or mm. or chasing one down, throwing more caution to the wind if I had to chase him. So you'll see that sort of reflected in the ranks. Whereas since 2015, I've become a a tedious template dullard, and you can see that um, in the ORs, I think. But hopefully, hopefully we're getting closer to that elusive one k finish because I'd, I'd love one of those. Even though it's getting harder to do that every year. A tedious template, Dallas. Um, <laughs> I love that. That is me. <laughs> I mean, really, I think you're being you're being too humble, really. I mean, you've had one bad finish. I mean, that was three hundred and sixty three thousand in in two thousand thirteen. But you then had two other finishes at one hundred and forty five k. And we're going back how many yeah. seasons? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about what fifteen seasons? So three yeah. seasons outside the top hundred k. Every other finish has been fifty k or lower. <laughs> 51k or, or lower i mean it's i mean you love the 30k mark you talk about that yeah. as, your, as your right a lot of people have the top 100k you've got 30k you finished 39k 32k yeah. uh, 46k <laughs> 30k 31 so yeah about five finishes um around the 30k mark i mean it's, it's well, I th- pretty good neil i think that underscores what i said i think i am obviously decent enough but not quite you know at that a-list level but you know with um you learn more and more about yourself every year as a manager, I think, and you sort of learn from your mistakes. That's the aim anyway. So hopefully go one better this year. Yeah, nice. So you talk about being kind of a, a, a boring kind of manager. How do you, mm. what kind of things do you use then? Do you do you look at like effective ownership? Are you quite kind of interested in what other people are doing? Or would you say you play your own game, but they just tend to be the sensible picks? Yeah, probably a bit of both. I think, I think, AO is something I, t- I would love to not pay any heed to, but I think it's inescapable now. Even if you try and avoid it, if you don't visit Live FPL, which is a fantastic site, you will find out um, in any other medium you're using, uh, FPL, like Twitter or Fantasy Football Scout comments section, 
And of course, I write an article on Live FPL every week, so I can't avoid that site. So yeah, um, it does unfortunately, I think, um, enter the thinking. Um, now you can you can argue the case for and against um, noticing it. I would like to think, though, the sort of driving forces behind moves are more um, research-led and, and certainly fixtures-led. I am probably more fixtures than, than anything else. I do kind of try and highlight um, stretches of games where the schedule looks more favourable for teams. Um, I like um, to... I mean, my transfer value is not particularly good, most seasons, team value is pretty poor because I'm, I'm a, of the sort of Tom Freeman school of leaving it as late in the week as possible, getting as much information as I can. I think that was even more um, necessary in the last two seasons with COVID. Um, maybe I'll play a bit different this year. Maybe I'll chase team value because I think this year is again going to be a different campaign and that we've got short bursts mm-hmm. of um, eight game weeks You know where you've got a wild card and then you've got, a, and you've got unlimited transfers and then you've got another... So, you know, I think this season is about playing more aggressively, perhaps. And part of that aggression is making early moves. I think providing that you've got um, a decent ish or at least a playing bench to cover. And we'll come on to that uh, later on when we discuss my team. But, um, yeah, you, I think you... I was reading an interview with Fabio the other day and um, Will asked him whether he was an aggressive manager or, or sort of a more template manager. He said he's, not, he's neither. He just, he just evolves to what... Um, the game demands every season and it's different every year. So um, I think I'll take a leaf out of the, the goat's book um, in that regard. He's not human. He's a robot in some <laughs> capacity. I don't believe anyone can be as incredibly consistent as, as Fabio is. I mean, I had, look, I had a look at his last five ranks. I think his lowest finish is like... Well. 2k or something <laughs> something absolutely now that, that's a that's a fpl great yeah exactly yeah any dream of that yeah, for, anyone, for anyone wondering i do every year try and get fabio on on some kind of stream and he's too he's too shy to to come on uh bless him um next i mean one other question for you just before we show your team um mm-hmm. you mentioned that you kind of uh you obviously you're the editor of, of scout and you, you joined in 2016 do you feel any extra pressure because you're kind of like Although you're not kind of like the face of, of Fancy World's Girl, I guess that's maybe me, which is depressing because I do, yeah. do, the, do the video <laughs> do the video hosting. But you're the kind of the, the brains behind Scout, you know, doing the articles, the main, you know, one of the main features of, of the site. Uh, obviously, David joined and uh, he was deputy editor. He had a terrible rank history before he joined, did really yeah. well in the time he was, he was with us. And then he moved on and then he, he sort of uh, plummeted uh, again uh, last season. <laughs> You've managed to keep consistent though in, in all your time here. Do you feel any extra pressure like on that? I think there's a little bit, and that's and that's exacerbated by being in, in Greyhead's uh, weekly article, the Great and the Good, where yeah, I know. <laughs> um, you know, you you really are studied in depth in those articles, and you're comparing yourself against the the true greats, which which um, really puts things into perspective about your own ability. But um, yeah, I'd be lying if I said there isn't a little bit of added incentive to do well. Um, but but on the same you know, by the same token, I should be doing well or, or better because I am, you know, um, surrounded by FPL stuff 50, 60 hours a week. Um, sometimes at the expense of my own team because I'm, I'm that busy writing, but uh, you do absorb stuff even, you know, just by os- osmosis. Even if you're not looking at your own team and planning ahead, you know, and you are making mental notes subconsciously as you go on. And yeah, yeah, there's a definite, there's a definite pressure to do well. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I think in my four years here, I've managed to avoid any horrendous finish um 
So um, I'm hoping that uh, stays the same again this season. Yeah, that's that's your main aim. You've got to keep it consistent, keep yeah. those 30Ks, and then people can, yeah. can can see, okay, Neil knows what he's talking about. That means I should probably sign up <laughs> to scout and look at that. So, yeah, let's just keep doing what you're doing, Neil. I think that's uh, that's, that's the major thing. Um, let's take a look at your team then ahead of game week yeah. one. Um, interesting to talk about that, this given that, you know, you've, you've talked about kind of a, being a, a relatively boring uh, manager. I think you've you've... I mean, it's, it's a fairly template team. There's a couple of interesting it is. Yeah. Um in here. Uh, one very notable omission um, that I, I noticed. Okay, so it's Ray in goal. Uh, it's Trent mm-hmm. Robertson, Diaz and Dallo. Yeah. Uh, Mason Mount, Jack Grealish, Martinelli, Salah captain, uh, and then Gabriel Jesus and Kane uh, up front. And you mentioned about a, a bench where you've got Balcom, uh, Neko Williams, Andreas and Archer, the classic tri- holy trinity yeah. of of the cheapest players that you can get in those in those three positions. Um, let's talk about the, the glaring obvious one that you don't have, though, and that is no Cancelo. You've gone for Diaz yeah. instead. Mm. Talk about that. Well, that is something I could address. I mean, uh, I, I know the sort of the uh, the trend is to go for 4-4-2, I think, at the moment. I think with, with Jesus coming in, uh, to the start of the summer, it was more, but five at the back. Um, but I've had a, four, a 4-4-2 ever since I made the first draft, I think. Um, the thing is, I think... Um, Cancelo is someone I would uh, eventually want. It's the same with Reese James, who's not part of this side. Um, I've just got my concerns maybe about City's defence at the start of the season. Uh, Laporte, we don't know about his fitness. Um, Diaz himself had missed a large chunk of pre-season, I think, as well. Although he came back uh, against Bayern. Um, there's been talk of, uh, obviously, Ake moving to Chelsea and Cucurella is obviously not coming yet. So there's been a a wee bit of disruption added to that. Of course, they got West Ham on the opening day and they're very capable of scoring. And um, yeah, something had to give, basically. I wanted to... I'll, I've seen a lot of midfields packed out with Neto and Martinelli. Now, well, that's something I still can do. I can downgrade Grealish to Neto and then go Diaz to Cancelo. It's something I might still do. But I don't like the Neto-Martinelli combination. I think it, it looks weak. Traditionally, FPL's always been about points from midfield. I know last season was... Um, uh, the defender season, really. But um, every year is different. It's, it'll be uh, naive to think we're going to get the um, the year of the of the fullback or wingback again. We might still get that, but I think at the start of the season, while you're not quite sure um, where the form is going to be, where the, the sort of key positions are going to be, I think we'll see a renaissance from the forwards this year, for example. Um, then I think a 4-4-2 gives you balance. And, that, and a 4 midfield of, of decent-ish enough players, which meant uh, a bit of sacrifice at the back in terms of expenditure. Um, now, Diaz, the reason I've gone Diaz is because A. Laporte's um, injured, we think, at the moment, and Pep traditionally builds that back four around a, a central defensive mainstay. It's been the case for years. He's gone Otamendi one year, Fernandinho when, was in, when everyone was injured. He was the go-to guy, it was, it was Laporte, Diaz was one year, then Laporte last year, I think he started, I think he only missed um, two of the games or something he was he was in the squad for. So he likes to build around a, a centre-half um, and then perhaps rotate around that. So until we get news about Laporte and his fitness, then it'll be, it'll be Diaz as a placeholder. And the second was, um, we've we've run an article recently on on value and um, the, so last season's points based on, on sorry, this season. This season's value based on uh, that last season's points. So the new prices, so we've calculated points per million per game. And Cancelo, Diaz and Laporte are all round about the same. 
in terms of points per million per game. Now, of course, we're going to get new points for the season. Um, last year's scores are, are redundant now, but it's a decent sort of gauge when I'm when I'm weighing up value in my team. I think points per million per game. Um, because FPL's value metric doesn't really take into account minutes played. It's just about who's you know got the most points at the end of the season. So I did look at that a bit. Um, now, I do think Cancelo underachieved last season. He should have scored more based on his efforts, and he is someone I, I want at the moment. But just to get a route into that City defence, which is capable of keeping clean sheets, and I wasn't quite happy with the double-up just yet at this early stage. And in order to flesh out the... Uh, midfield further forward, I sacrifice Cancelo, and you will get that with every team. Every team you'll see in this in this series that your host has will have a sacrifice. It's some, it's some most people I think it's in midfield, and uh, with Neto and Bailey and people like that. Um, for me, it's just an alternative City defender, mm. and that could still change in a week. Um, but that's where I'm at right now. Because you've gone for because your other kind of interesting options are, are Dallow, so a 4.5 defending yeah. starter in mm. defence. Um, you could argue that's almost a, another sacrifice as well because it is people yeah. fall the back are looking at a James or a you know a Perisic or someone like that. What's, yeah. your, what's your feeling with him then? Well, I did start off with a sort of a premium four. Um, it's slightly ebbing away a bit. I think with Chelsea, uh, if you've read if you read Zofar's article this morning, they are they haven't started well in preseason. Now I know preseason's form. You disregard the results. I think you disregard the the goals and assists, but you do look at setup. You do look at um, what the manager saying, and he is not happy. You hear he's caught after the, the Arsenal game when he says we're not going to be ready for the new season. Yeah. Um, then I that filled me with a bit of trepidation. And um, if you look at Chelsea's first eight, yes, there's some decent games within there. Um, but uh, let me just bring it up. Their first four home games are against Spurs, Leicester, West Ham and Liverpool. So all four of those are, are very capable of scoring. Um, easier away games, definitely. But... When we have the other premium sides and assets with such good fixtures in that opening quarter of the season, then Chelsea defence at the moment is my sacrificial lamb. Again, that could change by next Thursday. But um, So that was the reason for no Chelsea. The reason for no Spurs, of course, was I think the wing-back areas are still a bit of a, a bit of a grey area. I think if we got a, a clear indication of, of Perisic's fitness over who Conte preferred on the right, which we still don't know. We've seen Lucas Moura playing there in the last two games. Um, we've seen Dottie on the left when uh, Lucas was playing on the right. We've seen Perisic struggling for minutes and then brought on for, I think, for Sessignon, wasn't it, at the weekend? Um, there's just a bit too much uncertainty for me in those positions. Um, lo- again, longer term, I think probably the first wild card in the international break, I think you'll see my team balance redressed then. And I think we'll know by that point, for example, how solid Chelsea are at the back, whether I'd consider a double up. With James and Chill, whether I'd um, want to plumb for Perisic by that point, uh, there's just the uncertainty uh, with Chelsea and Spurs that led me away to a fourth premium. Um, and I don't like uncertainty at, at the start of a season. You try and um, you try and eliminate as many risks as I think you can uh, going into game week one. And uh, yeah, the reason for Tarlo, which is. Uh, is a name I, I can't believe I'm even discussing. If he'd said that to me a me month neither. ago, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, United. I think there's still question marks about the defence, even even with their preseason form. But if you've seen any United in the summer, then you've witnessed the uh, the rise of the underlapping fullback. 
and Darlow forming quite a nice little partnership with Sancho down that right. Sancho sort of keeping wide and then Darlow undercutting him into the box. And we saw him hit the post against Liverpool. We saw him assist or assist the assister for um, Martial's goal uh, against Palace, I think it was. So he's getting into the box. He's getting into decent positions. He's uh, he's looked impressive. Now, again, I'll be keeping an eye on the transfer market. If United swoop for a right back, which they might well, then he's obviously, he, he may be a goner by that point. But at the moment, I like the look of him. Plenty concerned about United's clean sheets. They were they were dismal last year. Um, I'm hoping uh, Martinez, who's just been confirmed today, comes in and helps with that. Um, maybe Martinez and, and Varane, although Maguire's been playing on the right, which suggests he might be partnering him. Um, they made a new sign at left back as well. So I'm not expecting much from, from Darlow, but um, he does rotate fairly well if I had a a one-budget spot with Williams and Andreas Pereira. So you've got Darlow for the first two against Brighton and Brentford. You've got um, uh, Pereira against Brentford in game weeks three. And f- uh, game weeks three. Then Darlow can come back in in game week four against uh, Southampton. Then you've got Pereira at home against Brighton again. And then Nico Williams is good fixtures kicking in from game week six where he's playing Bournemouth, Leeds, Fulham after that. So um, it's not... Uh, perfect. I don't like starting with players like that, but it's a decent rotating slot. Mm. Uh, if I do end up wanting to special more on me on me on me field further forward, and as I say, I'm not expecting um, uh, you know major things from Darlow, but uh, I do like United yeah, in preseason, and um, he's he's possibly the pick of the four point fives at the moment for me. Um, Eventually, I think, you know, you've got Pereira and Justin at Leicester who come into the equation maybe after game week nine. But at this point, uh, Darlow is the placeholder. I think it's interesting what you've done because you've, you've downgraded Cancelo to Diaz. You've you've taken mm. a 4.5 sort of starting player in your side. And then you've used that money to not go for Neto in midfield and get mm. a bit more balance in midfield. Because, you know, a lot of people are going, like yeah. you said, with the 5.5, the 6. Rashford's popular as well, and, and Salah. Whereas yeah. you've got Mount and Grealish, so that's an eight and a seven in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're to me. I mean, you, you talk about Chelsea kind of struggling and, and not paying the money for Reese James and, and Shiwa, but you've gone for Mount, yeah. who's more expensive, but now yeah. I should yeah, I should stress, I think my reservations about Chelsea are defensive. I think they can still they can still. I mean, their, their opening fixtures, I think, from an attacking perspective, Everton, who we've seen in pre-season, are, are absolute pony, um, and I. I I think they're going to struggle again. Um, they've got Leeds, Leicester, Southampton, West Ham and Fulham to come between game weeks one and seven as well. And then they, they all, and of course, you will see teams get better this year. Leicester, I think, will get better defensively. I'm sure that will be the case without Europe with injured players back. But the likes of Leeds, Southampton, Fulham, Fulham particularly, West Ham even with, the, with their new centre-half out injured. Um, we're going to, that, there are goals in, the, in them that are games, I think. And the reason for Mount... It's not particularly Mount himself. There's just a, a, an eight million midfielder slot there, and I think there is such a wealth of talent within that range, that, that sort of price range. Kulusevski, Saka, um, Mares, Foden. You know, like all those players are on that price point. Um, that I wanted a, a an easier shift if someone did become mm. unavoidable uh, in, in a sort of temporary side. So that was the reason for Mount Grealish. I guess is a bit more of a uh, a maverick punt. Um, again, and, and yeah, of, of this starting 11, he's the one where Cash will be freed up if, if I wanted to get Cancelo in, if I wanted to get 
Perisic over Darlow. Grealish would be the guy to go. Um, I just think we underestimate City uh, and what they're capable of um, every year. Every preseason, I do. I thought I start with like one City on my team because I think, oh, well, there's too much rotation and there's too much. Um, they haven't had a great preseason, haven't had many fixtures. Some of the players are just coming back from injury. And um, they are always near the top of the league for a goal scored. They're always the top of the league for clean sheets kept. And um, basically, I want a route to triple Liverpool and triple City as early as possible. We'll discuss Haaland in a moment. Um, Kane's in there for now, but he can be a sideways move to Haaland. Uh, Grealish um, is part based a little bit on gut or superstition, whatever you want to call it, because we've seen before about um, Pep signings having a much better second campaign than mm. they do in the, their opening season. There's been a, a long um, track record of that. And the words from Haaland about that relationship between the pair seem very positive. They've also lost Jesus and um, Sterling as as rotation options. Yes, they've gained Alvarez, but I think he might be a bit more like Ferran Torres at first. You know, it'll take a little bit of a while before he's fully trusted, I think. Um, so you've got really Grealish, Ford and Mares and um, Haaland as the four. And Pep did trust Grealish a lot last season, even when he wasn't sort of delivering the goods. Um, and with the five subs, well, you're going to see a lot more game time for every City player is probably going to get more, see more action. Even though Pep didn't use as many substitutes last season as other managers, it'll still be a you know proportional increase. Mm. Um, so he's in there for now. He, as I say, he, he would be the one to go. Rashford could come in. Um, Neto could come in if I do bow down to the herd and double up on Martinelli with, with Neto in midfield. But um, a route into the City attack is, is something I'm keen on in game week one, even if I haven't got Haaland. So Mount could become Foden. Um, alter- or Mares, alternatively. And then Grealish is is, uh, is Neto or, some, or Bailey, perhaps. And then Cancelo can come in. But um, yeah, for now... He's sitting in there. It's interesting uh, how um, differential like. Yeah, it's interesting how players like Grealish kind of start creeping into to more and more teams. I mean, he, you know, he was in no teams when we were doing these a few yeah. weeks ago, and he was man yeah. of the match in their last preseason. So then was like, oh, maybe he's my route into into team. And especially because a lot of people are now favouring Kane over Haaland, like you said, because of Pep's yeah. comments about yeah. his niggles. That it kind of gives you that safety blanket of being like, oh, at least I've got one City player. In place, I think that I think that's a good way of summing up. I think safety blanket mm. and coverage is a dangerous thing because you aren't going to get Holland late returns from Grealish. Um, but yeah, I think we saw last season the points were spread around in the city attack, and um, I still think the likes of Foden and Mares and Grealish can 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 offer something in their own right this season without being uh, necessarily necessarily coverage. I think. Seven million is, is nothing really. You know, it's it's you know, if you if you look at it's such a, a dearth of talent between six and seven and a half million in the in the FPL pool this season. You've got Rashford sort of coming more into it, Sancho as well. Um, but there aren't really many that many mid price midfield alternatives. And Grealish might surprise us, but um the proof will be in the pudding when the real action starts, not a pre season friendly against Bayern. I've got I've got Mara's in my team at the moment mm. and I'm his biggest critic I mean I vowed I vowed so many times over the last few seasons never to go to Mares again but for, yeah, for the same reasons you're considering Grealish <laughs> the same reason I'm considering Mares. I just 
it was it's, it's always too perfect with, with Mahrez though it always yeah. it always looks like it's going to be great and then it, it kind of never is so that's the kind of um worry but <clears throat> was it last season or the season before where he he played a whole chunk of pre-season everyone else was laid back and he was yeah, the only last, one last year it was yeah. last season wasn't it yeah when the Euros was on he played like every minute of pre-season he was he was starring and then <laughs> wasn't he benched like straight away yeah uh, like, I think I think he might play, but he didn't he didn't deliver anything, and then he and then he was yeah. straight on the on the bench. He's he's a very 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 frustrating player, but you've got to think with Jesus leaving and Foden's been trading with the under twenty threes. He, he has. That was the other reason for Grealish yeah. as well. Yeah, Foden hasn't hasn't quite been involved yet, so um, it might end up being a short term punt, but one I'm, I'm willing to make at this juncture. Uh, no Newcastle, Neil. No. No Trippier. No Mirish. No. no Wilson. What's going on? No. Well. Uh, I think uh, Jesus has put an end to the to the any sort of thought I might have of getting Wilson in. Gumarish, perhaps he's an alternative to Martinelli at that point. Certainly more guaranteed a game time than Martinelli as well. Uh, I just think the fixtures aren't great in the first five. There's some there's some decent games, but there's also City and Liverpool to come. Uh, and I think Newcastle probably more a team I'd gravitate towards from game week six onwards. Um, Brighton away is not easy either for Newcastle. It's, it's you know, traditionally one of the better defensive sides outside of the big six. So I'm willing to um, to sort of overlook Newcastle for now. I do think there'll, there'll be some value there this season. I think we uh, defensively, I think will be um, decent value from from not just Trippier but possibly Botman as well at four point five. Um, attacking wise, I'm still I've still got reservations. I think because we've we've tried without success to to add to. Our attack in the summer, we need a, we need a, we need more goals really up, up top. I think we haven't really got a prolific right winger. It's Almiron or Fraser at the moment, and um, I mean, some maximums certainly not prolific himself. He's got the, every trick in the book, but something wanting for end product. And Wilson's fitness, you can't rely on. So um, I think we might struggle for goals. I think um, we'll certainly, I think we'll be comfortably mid table, but I, I don't, I don't expect we'll be um, peppering the. The uh, goals four count as as the likes of sort of West Ham or Leicester will, so I think I'll avoid them for now. Good first game though, not in Forest, yeah, not Forest at home. But then again, Forest. I mean, Forest are who uh, were probably my tips for the drop initially of the three promoted clubs. Now look the best equipped for for dealing so with life in the Premier many League signings. Yeah, so many. and they will. It'll take the time for them to bed in, of course. But I think Cooper's a, a sort of a, a shrewd customer. He, he reminds me a bit of Potter in a way. I think he's he's kind of he gets the best out of a, a group of players that are probably not as good as the team are as a collective. Um, he's got a similar system as well, that sort of three at the back. And I think that might be a trickier game than we are thinking against Forest. Unlike Fulham and Bournemouth, who I'm, I'm very willing to target hmm. uh, from the off. Final question. You mentioned Haaland earlier. You've got Kane yep. over him. How yep. likely are you to make that switch back? It's possible uh, at the moment it'll be a books transfer, which is never a good idea when you're going into the start of a season. But that would be the idea to um, to be more aggressive, I think, with the big guns this, this in the first quarter when we have got the we know there's a fallback of an early wild card. We, game week nine will be when it will be MR four, but we can use it earlier if we want without much, you know, wouldn't be cause much disruption to our season because we've got unlimited transfers from game week mm-hmm. was it 16, 17. Um, so I think I'm willing to be more to make more of those short term moves. Which is something I would never do in, in the past. I would, I would, you know, have my premium settled really for for longer chunks. So the the plan is, 
at the moment to have Kane in there from the off and then maybe switch to Haaland from game two. But then again, Spurs have got Chelsea in game week two and we've seen how bad Chelsea have been in pre-season. So I, I may end up just sticking with Kane for the first um, six game weeks or so. Just Grealish and Diaz going into Bournemouth at home. What can go wrong? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not, it doesn't look good when you see it like that. No, not so good. I mean, because at the moment I've got Son in my side and, and no, well, just Cancelo, no no City attackers. Um, and then I think, well, if Son gets a brace against Southampton, am I going to want to make that move either to Harlem yeah. for a hit or over to De Bruyne? It's very, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky one. Um, I get the sense that people with Harland will be quite happy just to go into game week two with, with Haaland and all the Spurs guys might be having to make a, a difficult decision um, yeah. to transfer. So, yeah, I don't think, I don't think there really isn't a, an obvious right answer. I think both strategies have got pros and cons and at the moment, Twitter and Scout are favouring the Kane move and general yeah. ownership favours Haaland. So it's going to be a bit of a yeah. It's kind of the big main decision, isn't it, between the two? Yeah, it's scary when you look at the, the ownership figure of Haaland. The, like, even with the, the fitness worries, he's... He's still like only just behind Jesus, isn't he? On on yep. sort of sixty percent ish. So I yeah. Given my previous of of uh, being spineless and, and bowing down to last minute panic and fear of missing out, then you wouldn't be surprised to see me make a six twenty nine decision on Friday. Oh, he's, he's, he's actually <laughs> done a fifty eight point three percent Harland. I think he. I think he was really close to Hayes. I think it was like 62, 63%. So he's, he was ahead he's, of him at one point. Yeah, yeah. he shed, yeah. he has shed some owner, ownership. And I think that's that's because people are, are freaking out a little bit about, about Pep's yeah. comments, which will probably turn out to be nothing. And he'll play 90 minutes in both and inevitably punish us all. Um, Neil, that's amazing. Thank you so much uh, for joining me. Again, if you have enjoyed this video, do subscribe uh, to the channel. You'll get notified about any new videos. Uh, do like this video as well. Drop us a comment. Let us know what you think of Neil's team. Um, also, if, you, if you're if you a free member of Fantasy Football Scout, we're giving away one premium membership um, every video. So just drop your username um, into the comment section below. Uh, if you've already got a premium membership, you can drop a friend's username into the comment section below and we'll be rewarding one membership for each uh, 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 each video. So five memberships um, for a lucky person. Um, I think that's it. Neil, thank you so much. We'll be back with our regular content next week. Team news next Friday. Woo. Yeah, it's back. Woo. Yeah. We might we might do a bonus one. We were discussing this, won't we? We might do an extra one uh, at the beginning of the week. We'll see if that happens. Yeah. But just a sort yeah. of a, yeah. a, a dissection of pre-season and, and sort of minutes played and things like that. So Absolutely. might see me twice next week. I know. Wow. God, isn't it unlucky? Yeah, some kind of predicted team type thing with minutes. Yeah. Expected. That'd be, I think that'd be a really good video. So yeah, again, if you're interested in that, let us know in the, in the comments below. Um, but that is it for now. Um, I'll catch up with you soon, Neil, and for everyone uh, who's watched and listened. Thanks, and we'll see you soon.